You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 136. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 12, verses 2 through 9. The Lord said to his disciples, Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has power to cast into Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Uh, Father, let's begin with the opening verses from our reading, verses 2 and 3 that read, quote, Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed upon the housetops, end quote. Father, would you discuss what Jesus is referencing here? Is this referring to the final judgment? Oh yeah, absolutely. It is referring to the final judgment, and I think it's important to note that it refers to the final judgment in light of the previous conversation Jesus had with the Pharisees, which is conveyed to us in the previous chapter in Luke 11, right before you started reading here today from chapter 12. So maybe you can then tell us about that conversation and how it helps illumine Jesus' comments about the judgment. Yeah, of course, uh, many of our listeners are familiar, I'm sure, with the Beatitudes where Jesus says things like, blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, and so forth. The Beatitudes are not unique to Luke's gospel, but what is unique to Luke's gospel is the woes. So in Luke's gospel, you do have the Beatitudes, but in addition, you also have Jesus giving woes. And that is what precedes today's reading the woes, which are found at the end of Luke 11, and then we move on to Luke 12, which is where our reading today picked up. So it's an extension of Jesus giving those woes. And what are those woes? So let me read from that chapter so you can hear them. Quote, Now you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and dish clean, but your inward part is full of greed and wickedness. Foolish ones, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But rather give alms of such things as you have, then indeed all things are clean to you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and pass by justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, For you are like graves which are not seen, and the men who walk over them are not aware of them. End of quote. And then you have uh, one of my favorite sections where it's like the lawyers feel left out of Jesus' condemnations. And keep in mind, a lawyer in this context 
means someone who is an expert in the Mosaic law, not a lawyer like we think, but again, a, a religious lawyer, someone who's an expert in the Mosaic law. So Luke continues, quote, Then one of the lawyers answered and said to him, Teacher, by saying these things, you reproach us also. And he said, Woe to you also, lawyers, for you load men with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. In fact, you bear witness that you approve the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and you build their tombs. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in you hindered. End of quote. These woes, these condemnations, are uh, very, very strong words from Jesus, Father. Yeah, they are. Very strong words, as you said. And again, these are the words preceding Jesus mentioning in today's reading about how in the judgment the secret deeds will be revealed. So we see the context of those statements of this idea of the secrets being revealed. Specifically, the context is that the Pharisees and the lawyers are so focused on the externals of what they and others do. And even more precisely, they're concerned with external rituals, rituals that make them appear to be pious, appear to be righteous uh, in the sight of others. But Jesus is revealing that the judgment is not primarily about these rituals. The judgment seat will be about what we did when others were not looking, how we treated people who were despised by those with power, and influence in, in society, and perhaps even more so, we should say, how we treated those who were despised by those with power and influence within our own religious institutions. Why do you emphasize that last point, Father, about how we treat those who are despised by the religious authorities? Well, for two reasons, really. First is that this is just Scripture. I mean, it, it's clear the Pharisees and lawyers were respected religious authorities within institutional Judaism of Jesus' time. And then second, because this is true and because we proclaim the gospel as being authoritative for how we live our lives as Christians, then we need to understand it applies directly to us as Christians today. And what are some of the ways that applies? Well, it applies in exactly the same way it did in Jesus' time, that we would welcome into our communities, a community, by the way, which is called after his name, that we would welcome in the disenfranchised, that we would be welcoming to people who are sinners and who still struggle with committing some of their sins. The church is a hospital for sinners, not a place for the righteous and especially not the self-righteous. And yet we Orthodox love to focus on external rituals. We love to talk about fasting and asceticism. But overall, it seems to me that relatively few Orthodox today are interested in talking about social justice issues. Yet we see the St. John Chrysostom's and St. Basil's of the world, many other saints, of course, but these are two very popular ones that talk about these types of issues in their own day. But unfortunately, and at least in my assessment today, we're much more focused on external rituals. We have our own virtue signaling that we do. How many times we go to church per week, which services we attend, like Vespers and Matins and weekday services, how well we follow the external rules of the fast, you know, what types of foods we eat and what types we avoid, the types of sinners that we love to condemn and the types of sin like, for example, gluttony that we so rarely mention in our churches. Unfortunately, we often see people 
fall into one of two camps, it seems to me anyway. Either they stand for that type of self-righteousness or they oppose it and seek to change many of our rituals and practices, but this doesn't have to be so. A person, believe it or not, in this age of social media can be balanced just as Jesus taught us to be. A person can do all of those external rituals and yet not leave undone the more important things such as mercy and justice for the oppressed. Thank you for those words uh, on that passage there, Father. I want to conclude by asking a a brief question about uh, later in today's reading in verses 4 and 5, we read, quote, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has power to cast into Gehenna, Yes, I tell you, fear him, end quote. This reference to Gehenna, uh, in some translations I've noticed the word is translated as hell. uh, And we also see the words hell and Hades sometimes used interchangeably, uh, but it seems that there's a a distinct difference between the two. Uh, Would you explain the difference between Hades and hell, Father? Yeah, there is a difference between Hades and hell, and also Gehenna, just briefly and in general terms, Hades is considered to be a resting place of the dead. It's sort of uh, neutral. It's not heaven and it's not hell. It's just a place of rest. And hell, of course, is like the opposite of heaven, you might say. Heaven and hell are speaking about one's final resting place after the judgment of which we heard Jesus speak today. So we will be raised up from Hades, from the resting place, we'll be judged, and we will then be sent to heaven or to hell. And of course, we could speak to how heaven and hell are really uh, just considered different ways that we experience God versus being more what people often think as though they're more like geographic places, but we can save that for another time. Uh, Final thing I want to point out as it relates to Gehenna. Gehenna was a place that long before Jesus' time, there were children who were burned as sacrifices to Moloch, a god of the Ammonites. Uh, Later, Gehenna then was turned into a dump heap, in part, uh, people say, to discourage the reintroduction of those types of sacrifices. And it's for this reason that both the burning of the children and the fact that it had become a well-known dump heap that Gehenna is used sometimes figuratively to speak of hell. Thank you, Father. Today's episode began with a discussion about Jesus' statement in Luke 12 relating to the final judgment. These verses follow Luke 11, in which Jesus' conversation with the Pharisees included both the Beatitudes and the Woes, the latter of which is unique to Luke's Gospel. From the Woes and Jesus' continued discussion in Luke 12, we can understand that the final judgment will be about what we did when others were not looking and how we treated people who were despised by those with power and influence in society, and most especially within religious institutions. We must understand that the gospel applies directly to us as Christians today, just as it did in Jesus' time. We should be welcoming to all who come into our community and demonstrate mercy and justice for the oppressed, recognizing that the church is not a place for the self-righteous. It is a hospital for sinners. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to the old God. Hallelujah, 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 glory to the old God.
God, O our God and our hope, glory to Thee. 